So we got a new development in the Huawei news, Huawei universe, China, US trade stuff, Donald Trump, so forth. New development. It's been a minute, actually, since we've updated people on exactly what's going on. Of course, quick backtrack here. Restrictions in place. They exist. But there has been a kind of a, a pause button, a little bit of leniency for pre-existing products in the form of like a 90-day reprieve. Okay, fine. You can continue supporting things. Okay, fine. You can continue to update things if the phones are already out there. That's been kind of the relationship. Uh, as far as uh, Google and Huawei are concerned and, and other manufacturers that supply parts to Huawei. But now we're at this critical point. We've hit this point where we've got to start talking about new products because Huawei can't just rest on the stuff that they have already made. And going forward now, we're starting to see some of these restrictions come into play. And the very first victim of these restrictions looks like it's going to be the Mate 30 and Mate 30 Pro. Google has confirmed to various sources that the Mate 30 will not, cannot launch with official Google apps. And of course, that applies to the Mate 30 Pro as well. Now, this, a high-profile device, a device that's going to gather a lot of attention. You know, Huawei flagship phones have done so with the past couple of releases, uh, generally introducing new features getting buzzing within the tech world, tech universe. And obviously, this is going to be a whole different conversation now around the launch of this device. And it's set to launch fairly soon. Now, uh, granted, Google Play Store, Play Services, Google Services in general, and apps, less of an important factor in China, Will, as you're aware. Because the, the, the app ecosystem in China distributed Google, not a big player there. So this, this is much going to have a much bigger impact outside of China in all those various other markets that Huawei was looking to grow and was, by the way, growing rapidly, quickly becoming the second biggest smartphone manufacturer in terms of volume on planet Earth. But, I mean, now in Western markets... Uh, places like here, like Canada, of course, it wasn't sold in the U.S., but Canada, uh, France, Germany, Germany, big economy, mm -hmm. big smartphone marketplace. Can they really go, can they go out and get themselves a phone with no Google Play Store? Right. Can they get themselves a phone without the official apps, mm -hmm. without the official updates? So to 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 provide a little more detail here it's possible of course for these devices to still run android android open source in its nature there is a version of it we talked about this again on previous episodes when all this news originally broke the device will ship with android but it's a nerfed version of android it's not the ultimate vanilla perfect version of android with all the features associated that you would want gmail and so forth this is going to be a skinned kind of you have to think about it in the framework of like some of those Amazon devices mm -hmm. that have skinned Android on them and you don't access the Play Store. And then whatever apps are available to you have to filter through that third party store that they provide you with. Huawei's going to have to do something similar. And I think that's some sort of death blow in Western markets. It's just going to be so hard to invest this sticker price. You know, you know, it's got to ha have a premium sticker price uh, in the Mate series, top of the line series. And you're going to just be like, yeah, I'm cool without official support. Now, granted, I'm sure there's going to be workarounds. People are going to find ways to make these things work for them. 
but it's a non-starter. They can't have the ad campaigns. You saw the ad campaigns yeah. around here. Mm -hmm. I think this actually might be quite dangerous for people who want to buy the Mate 30 Pro and uh, want to download like Gmail or YouTube. They have to probably go to like the APK site, which is may litter with you know viruses and stuff. You Risky know? business. Yeah. Don't find yourself on those APK sites. No. You almost got me the other day on that. <laughs> There's some that are seem okay, but it's yeah. like it's still like any people are uploading there. You get into a weird zone with that. Yeah, it's no, it might not be updated. It could be like an old version and might have like a security flaw or something. So the rumor here is that the Mate 30 and 30 Pro are set to launch September 18th. I mean, that's super close to the upcoming iPhone launch. So there's going to be a lot of, a lot of press, a lot of buzz to go with it. Mm. Google's not happy about this. Huawei's not happy about this, of course. It still doesn't affect the older devices, right? They're still, they've still got this exception in place. This three-month extension is in place for those pre-existing products. But for the upcoming ones, man... This is, uh, this is really big news. It's going to have a, a massive impact on this device's ability to, comp to compete globally. Uh, it, just, it essentially becomes a Chinese-only, a China-only device, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, they have apparently in the background, much like the original rumor that they'd been working on their very own OS, they've also been working on their, their Play Store alternative. The question is, is their footprint big enough? Is their pull big enough in a smartphone game to convince these various developers to port their apps to their specific app store? You know, apps that for people are important in Western markets like Instagram and so forth. Are they, is Facebook going to go out of their way to make sure those apps are available and ported to Huawei's Play Store alternative? I don't know. You would have to think the footprint would be attractive to some players, but we just don't have an example of this having happened in the past. We've only seen it in certain cases like with BlackBerry, Amazon that I mentioned earlier, and it hasn't gone well up no. until this. We, haven't, we don't have a successful example of it. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not the end of Huawei in Western markets, but it is an enormous setback. And until this thing gets sorted out, I think you can kind of kiss these products goodbye in those markets where it isn't going to carry proper, full-on Google support. That's the level we're at right now. If you're a Huawei fan in the West, you know, you, gotta be, you can't be happy about this. This is a problem for you. And if you're Samsung, yeah, <laughs> they're balling. You're Samsung. They're happy campers. That's a party you want to go to right now. Mm -hmm. you, you're on the next flight to South Korea. You see? A Seoul, South Korea. That's where you're heading, Willie Do. After this, champagne, uh, K-pop, karaoke, Korean barbecue, kimchi. That's you. Definitely kimchi. Yeah. So somebody's celebrating this news, but Google's not, obviously, as I mentioned, Google's not celebrating, Huawei's not celebrating. I don't know, is Trump celebrating? Maybe. Mm. Who knows what he celebrates? Anyhow, setback, Mate 30, Mate 30 Pro. It's going to be a much different launch than the past couple of versions. And hopefully we can still get our hands on it. I'm curious, like, what is this implementation right, going to yeah. look? What can I do? Yeah. What can I do? But then who knows? Maybe Huawei doesn't even bother with the Western markets for this device. Maybe they just say, look, 
we're not ready to go with that. We launch it in China until we figure things out. And right. and there's only a Chinese variant, and they got to send me the Chinese variant. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I'm going to check it out. The, the plot thickens. The sure plot thickens, as they say. Uh, we have some leaked images. Speaking of upcoming smartphones, we got some leaked images of the Google Pixel 4 on Sprint. A lot of people sent this particular story to me. I mean, they're not the greatest leaked images. It's like a person... I mean, it's in a case. I don't know if they're trying to make a mobile payment or oh no, I guess it's just it's just a, it's just not a, not a great leak in terms of seeing the entire device. Not that it really matters because we've seen this device, Google admitted to it. The renders are spot on. Uh but it does I guess it does mean that it's real. We can see the rear camera layout with that it looks like a face. It looks like an emoji, you know? That's mm. the that's the meme, the meme of the moment. This is likely a network tester for Sprint that's using this. Not a surprise that it's on Sprint. They've had the previous Pixel versions. Uh, you get to see it. You get to see it in hand, and what you're going to recognize, of course, is similar from what we saw with the renders. They're not going with the aggressive approach, trying to to win any awards for screen to body ratio. They're all in on face unlock. They're all in on optimal, crazy, cyborg-level facial recognition. And they're like, look, we're going to use the entire top bar. We're putting right. a billion sensors in there, and we're going to pe- we're gonna be looking at your nose hairs. Kind of looks like the regular Pixel 3. Yeah, they, they, they the didn't even care. They're like, we don't even care if you know this is a new phone or not. Does this uh, look really small to you, this phone? As small as yours right now? Yeah. As small as your Pixel 3, yeah. Same, same territory. I guess it's this... This may be the regular. Pixel. That is. That's the non-XL version. Oh, okay. Yeah, but they're, they are going to do the XL version as well. They've got code names, in fact. Flame and Coral. Hmm. Now, the little guy is Flame. Oh. So that's the one you choose to use. Yeah, hot fire. See what I'm saying? You got the red light today. Yeah. You're in the red light district. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if, anyway, yeah, so uh, they're uh, they're coming out with it. It's uh, it's on the radar, and the face unlock tech is going to be one of the most interesting aspects of this device because of that compromise that they've made there from oh. a screen-to-body ratio perspective. It's going to be the, the, the a, a huge component of our analysis of, like, was this worth it? You lost this screen. Did you get enough back in return? And then also, what's the, uh, what's the agenda? What is the play? Is it all about convenience for you, the customer, Will? Or do they just want some pretty-looking, detailed map of your facial structure? Is that what they're looking for? Oh, yeah. Oh, they're trying to map the plan. Wars and everything. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So they got other plans. They're Google. It's never what it looks like mm. with Google. They're like, they're playing chess when everyone else is playing checkers, Will. <laughs> you know how many moves ahead they are? They're like, well, once we have all the faces mapped. Yeah. And once we got everybody on eating the Impossible Burger, yeah, you see, you see how that goes. I don't know. Are they invested in that company? I'm just saying they're playing a different game. Everyone's else like we're making phones. They're mm-hmm. like, yeah, uh, we know everything about you. Uh, uh, we know everything about every human yeah. ever that walked the earth. Take that. I mean, know? we know what happens to yeah. Willie Do's facial expressions when he types a certain word, and we're gonna advertise and market and sell and. Mm-hmm assistant and we're gonna make appointments for him and then like just use our phone you see how that goes yeah i'm just lying in bed all day 
And it's then Google deep. does all the work. It's deep. Yeah. It's, yeah. Everything's automated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your real assistant is, you're giving birth to your real technological assistant who then becomes your overlord. Yeah. You see how that works? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That doesn't need you anymore. All of a sudden, it's just a pixel four sitting there. Yeah. Scanning my face. And then I'm dead. You see how that I goes? get you too. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, speaking of new phones, that's that's a that's a triple new phone threat convo to kick off the show. iPhone 11. Remember we did we talked in a recent episode about how Apple should just be done with the numbers altogether. Mm-hmm. I it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. At least if uh, if this leak rumor here is to be believed, photos of new cases show iPhone 11 design including a new position of the Apple logo on the iPhone 11 back. Now, or maybe I shouldn't say what I just said because these are obviously knockoff cases, but you assume they have some degree of intel. Uh, these are meant to look like official Apple cases. This this photo was taken, where was this? Where's this photo from? It was posted by Slash Leaks. You know, these look like your, your typical knockoff cases that are ready in advance of the release of a new phone. Uh, the interesting part here, beyond it saying iPhone 11 on the outside packaging, is the change in location of the Apple logo. So the Apple logo used to be a lot higher up, Will. Mm. They dropped it down to the symmetrical location. So it would be in the dead center of the rectangle, which is the phone. Now, the thinking there is because the camera cutout got so much larger, they want a little more padding there. Right. Guy like you with a background in design, you understand the idea of padding. Yeah. Guy like you. Yeah. Symmetry, all that stuff. Although it feels like uh, they also have the older cases here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's a good comparison. Yeah. So look how it went, it went down quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they didn't care as much before. Now it went down quite a bit. Now this comes alongside the other rumor, which is the fact that the iPhone name is going to evaporate from the rear end of the case. And if you scroll down a little bit, you can see a render from Ben Geskin on Twitter. He's been he's always been involved. He's always involved in this type of stuff. He he showcases what the phone will look like with the rearranged Apple logo and the subtraction of the uh, of the iPhone word on there. Now let's get some feedback from you. What do you think about this look? I like it immediately. Yeah. Just the fact that there's no words. It's a simple kind of logo. No words. And, uh, you know. You heard it here first. I mean, the camera orientation is a bit weird, but the fact that they took out the text, yeah. not bad. Well, I'll tell what you what. You I, I'll tell you what. I'm with you. We all know it's an iPhone. Yeah. It's a phone with an Apple logo. Is it, how is it not an iPhone? Mm-hmm. We don't need to hear that anymore. Maybe they – could they get away from the word iPhone? Could it just change into the Apple phone? It could, right? Because if you think about it, Apple Pay, Apple News, Apple, hmm. Apple Podcasts. Interesting. Done with iTunes. They could get away from the I. It's a bit antiquated, doesn't it? It feels yeah. a bit early 2000. Right, right. iMac still exists. But the iPod is evaporating as well. Apple Phone. Doesn't that sound cool? Did hmm. we just predict the future? I mean, we're probably not the first to say it. But maybe they're eventually going to go in that direction. Yeah. It's probably not going to happen yet. But anyhow, uh, the other cool thing about the relocation of the Apple logo and a potential reason for it outlined in the 9 to 5 Mac article, possibly 
an indicator for where to line up for your reverse wireless charging. So when you go to reverse wireless charge, your AirPods with the wireless charge case, you drop it right on the Apple logo. Mm. And then you know that's where the Qi uh, transmitter exists. And it gives like a target. Gives you a target. Yeah. That could be a nice touch. Do you agree? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why not? Because it would. it's kind of weird if you're doing a reverse wireless charging and the case kind of cuts off the Apple logo. You just drop it somewhere below. Where do you drop it? Mm -hmm. This is a nice little move there. Anyhow, iPhone 11 iPhone 11 Pro coming out soon. Maybe they drop the 11. Maybe they don't. Maybe they do one day. Maybe this is the Apple phone. Anyhow. Uh, we also talked on a recent, a lot of updates on this particular episode, but we have to because we got to cover our bases. I talked on the last episode about a leak on the OnePlus 7T and had some questions about the missing Pro version when that leak first came out. And of course, we are met the following day. What a leak strategy, Will. You leak the one, you leak the other. Mm -hmm. you, you schedule the leaks. You leak it like that. You see how that yep. goes? And you get you then you get the articles twice in a row. And then you get on this show twice in a row. So shout out to OnLeaks for uh, two shows in a row showcasing the 7T Pro leak. And of course, it's got to be there. You can't drop the Pro version. You work so hard on this retracting camera impossible screen to body ratio you can't let that go mm -hmm. and so there's going to be a mclaren edition as well according to this leak otherwise internally maybe a bit of a spec bump on the battery capacity and also slightly quicker charging that's what the mclaren version's been about now the other thing you get on the mclaren version is this kind of carbon fiber uh, pattern going on on the backside, as well as this very slight orange hue that we spoke about when we unboxed the 6T McLaren. Was it the 6T McLaren? Was the last one we did? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 6T McLaren. And uh, it's a nice, it's a subtle, as far as special editions are concerned, it's a subtle little touch. And I appreciated it alongside with what at the time was impossibly quick charging. Chances are they're going to go the same direction on this one. A warp charge, 30T charging mode. So is that 30-watt warp charge? It's probably going to be one of the fastest charging devices out there. They're going to make a big deal of it with the McLaren name. Pretend it's a fast car. That's how these things work. Mm -hmm. I got an update, another update on the Jewel saga, Jewel situation, uh -oh. the uh, Jewel vape situation. Uh, the CEO has now come out. There's been so much developing in this in this thing. It's just it's blowing my mind. Every day it's in my news feed, and it keeps going deeper. It keeps diving deeper and deeper. At first, it's like, oh, they discovered a problem over here. Then it's, oh, they discovered a problem. This person had a problem. And it's all these kind of like, you know, it's getting piled together. And then the, uh, what are they called? Not the FDA, the... Uh the CDC, the poison guys. Are, <laughs> I think they're the poison well, guys, so. right? What, what does CDC stand for? Center for Disease Control. Wow, that's wild. You, you don't, you don't want to be investigated by them. Well, that's a bad... If you get a phone call from them, let me tell you something, leave the country, okay? okay. You, don't, you, don't want, you don't want to be quarantined or I don't know what they're going to do with you. Some hot water. Anyway... Um, so it kept getting worse and worse, and, and, and I kept getting hit with it in my news feed. So I've been following along a little bit, and now we're at a point where there's been enough cause for concern where the CEO of the company has said, uh, don't use the product. 
don't vape, don't use Juul. <laughs> Which, I don't know, has that ever happened before? It seemed kind of unprecedented. You got the, it seemed like it could only happen in this category, that it would be okay for the CEO to come out and say, don't use, right. don't, please do not use my product. But of course, it's, I mean, you could you could stop selling it if you really believe that. <laughs> yeah. uh, Kind, money kind, kind of an odd way of going about right. things. Yeah, he so yeah, so if you read further into the article, he stipulates like he suggests that there's a certain optimal customer for Jewel. But the the problem with that uh, uh description or that explanation is that's not the way they marketed it in the first place. So they got into trouble for some of their influencer marketing tactics in which there's no way the people they used in their ads were already addicted smokers that mm -hmm. needed help quitting. They, if they developed it as a, as, a, as a tactic for quitting smoking, it would have far different marketing than what it originally had. You can't have teenage girls with the thing or even girls that look to be 20 or something. That would be an unlikely scenario. And of course, the data is out that that's what the behavior has been that it has been that the adoption has been within the young age groups and then that's and that's precisely uh, where it did well so to say that you're not targeting that group anyhow point being is he's saying don't vape don't use jewel he's saying don't start don't try it and so if you're a person who is using this stuff currently you have to wonder how you're going to feel that you have the top person at this company essentially saying don't do this even if he puts in the stipulation that like, well, smoking is also bad. And in that case, it's okay for you to do this. It's, it's obvious that they're starting to shiver a little bit and, and feel pressure from these various organizations, these uh, various government bodies that are doing this investigation. And of course, the lawsuits that are taking place as well. This to, to me looks like an individual trying to cover their tracks. Like it's like somebody who's trying to stop the bleeding, someone who's trying to uh, um, cover their tracks. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like because otherwise, to have a CEO of any company come out and say, like, imagine a Popeye CEO comes out right now and is like, "Don't, don't buy, don't eat chicken sandwiches. Don't buy my chicken sandwich. You don't ever buy my chicken. Don't come to my restaurant. Yeah. Don't come to Popeyes anymore." He knows something. He knows something. He's about to be hit. Yeah. They're about the hammer is about to drop. And it's keeps it keeps heating up and the press is intensifying. He he said this particular statement on CBS this morning. So mainstream media took the interview in the first place. You know the advisors, we're talking billions of dollars here. So you know the advisors were like, roll him out there, get him on TV, let him backtrack. Let, let's make sure we get this word out into the universe to say we weren't complicit. We didn't do the thing that they're claiming we did. We had no idea. We told the kids not to use it. See? Mm -hmm. But it might be too late is the thing because they might you know, be able to make the case that, hey, all these people are already affected. So when this lawsuit drops or whatever it's going to happen to be, you didn't say this early enough. But anyhow, they're doing something. They're apparently also going to force the stores that carry the product to install some kind of electronic system for age verification. So they're, they're, they're really trying to backtrack on this and we'll see how that goes. But in the meantime, I would say 
take the advice of the CEO. If a CEO of a company is telling you not to use their product, that's a fair warning. That's enough. That's, an, that's enough for me. Yeah. That's enough for me. So that's what I'm going to go ahead and suggest. Is it, uh, is he just afraid? Does he really believe it? Of course, I can't, I can't tell you. I don't know. His, his, his handlers could have told him this is the thing we got to do right. Not his handlers. I mean, he's the CEO, but you know what I'm saying? Advisors. Shareholders. Yeah. They, they could be like, this is what you got to do right now. Regardless of what it is that he happens to believe, he's essentially saying the jury's out though. He's saying the studies haven't, the studies are not comprehensive enough yet right. for me to feel confident to tell you to buy the thing, essentially. And uh, and that's enough for me. Anyhow. Uh, no, he doesn't vape. This guy, he sleeps in a cryo chamber. These guys are on the next level stuff. He wouldn't be caught vaping. That was like the thing with the cigarette industry. They were like, they, the, the guy's peddling. It wouldn't touch it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Anyhow. MacBook Pro flight ban spreads with one airline barring all MacBooks. This is a crazy, this turned into a crazy story itself in relationship to the MacBook situation. Uh, it started with a recall from Apple saying, hey, some of these batteries are exploding in, uh, in our 15-inch MacBook Pros sold in a cer certain time period, somewhere between 2015 and 17, I believe. And they put this page on their website where you could put your serial number in and see if your device was affected. They were, they, it was a recall, so they were going to put a new battery in for you. This affected somewhere in the neighborhood of 460,000 units sold in the U.S. and Canada. And so, so, so some airlines, including the Federal Aviation Administration, who started the ban, some airlines took it upon themselves to figure out, like, to determine exactly which macbooks they should be worried about at first it seems like they were trying to verify with individuals whether or not their macbook was okay to be on the flight now it turns out that's too difficult to do so some airlines are like look we can't we can't we can't have our employees here checking serial numbers verifying that this particular macbook is okay and this one is not and so some have opted to just completely ban these laptops from their flights Australian airline Qantas has barred every MacBook Pro with a 15-inch screen, regardless of the manufacturing date, model, or serial number. Pa passengers can only carry them in the cabin and never turn them on, so they better bring something else to watch movies and so on. Uh, Virgin Australia has taken a more extreme path, banning every single MacBook Pros, Airs, anything, regardless of screen size, starting on August 26th. So this is a, I mean, this is a pretty serious situation now. You assume that many of these carriers are going to want to hop on board. There's a couple others listed in Asia, Singapore, Cathay Pacific. If they all jump on board, your MacBook is like useless to you now while you're on a flight, which is kind of, I mean, mm -hmm. you got to get some work done. You got to watch a movie. This is a frequent, I don't know if I've ever been on a flight without a person on a MacBook. Right. <laughs> I, don't think yeah. I don't think I've ever been on a flight where someone wasn't on their MacBook. So this is incredibly disruptive. It's coming into play in a big way uh, starting now, August 26th. Well, that's already started as far as Virgin Australia is concerned. This is a thing you may bump into yourself if you try to jump on a flight here in, a, in the next little while and you've got a MacBook in your bag. They may be looking at you sideways, so I don't want you to be hit. Be aware in advance. Figure out well, what the airline you're about to fly, what their stance is on the situation and prepare accordingly. Uh, bring some other device with you as well or or I don't know or get some other device in general mm -hmm. in advance of traveling 
it's pretty wild. I think, look, obviously this is overboard. Obviously the number of devices affected is not every single one. I mean, it would be worldwide news if everybody's MacBook was exploding. But these airlines, they got to be... Uh, they got to be extra careful, right? Because yeah, they got to take precautions. Because it's it, even even more so maybe than the phones exploding because these batteries in these laptops are way bigger. Presumably the amount of energy that these could uh, excrete upon an explosion should be substantially more than that of a phone and therefore the fire is bigger. And I don't know. I mean, in an airplane, I'm kind of with it. I don't know. Imagine having that experience if your neighbor, like the seat next to you, their MacBook, full-out explosion, fire, oh. seats on fire. That's pretty, I mean, from a brand perspective as an airline, that's kind of right. the, the main thing you're trying to avoid. So I can't really blame them for it. It seems like the reasonable thing to do, especially when the brand themselves has said, look, our, our batteries and these models are volatile and so forth. You got to do the right thing in that case. So, uh, anyhow, just be aware. That's the that's the moral here. Just be aware. We have a development on YouTube. Uh, change is going to happen. Has been in the process of happening, but now it's going to roll out to everyone. We're going to see a big change in how subscriber counts exist on the platform. As you know, subscriptions they go way back as far as YouTube is concerned. YouTube's identity wrapped up in the subscription model, how many subscribers, uh, the health of a channel tied to that subscription count, and so on. Well, on the flip side of that, we've seen a couple of circumstances in which the subscriber count could be weaponized. And when somebody does something, you know, to cancel, cancel culture situation, when somebody does something you don't like, it's like, fine, let's bomb them with unsubscriptions, show them, make them feel the wrath. And then you will have these YouTube channels pop up where you could track those dropping subscriber counts on a on a one-by-one -one basis. You could see this accurate readout down to the last digit. Well, YouTube said a while back, they don't we hey, we don't like this. Right. Like we don't that's a kind of toxic culture. I think that's what they're saying. They didn't use those words, but they said if one way we can curb this is by displaying subscriber counts in a rounded figure. So I'm gonna break this down for you because this is about to hit. You're gonna witness this take place on YouTube uh, fairly soon. If you, have a subs if you have a subscription count under 1,000, it will show every single subscriber to you, to the public, I should say. Because you, on the back end, in your analytics, you'll still see your actual subscriber figure, but the public and sites like Social Blade and other places that people track subscri subscriber counts the public will see every single subscriber up to 1,000. After 1,000, they only see subscribers in 10 subscriber increments. After 10,000, it goes to 100. After 100,000, it goes to 1,000, all the way up to uh, tens of millions, in which case you'll only see updates per 100,000. So to put this in perspective, take a channel like Unbox Therapy, which has around 14 million subscribers, something like that, 14, 15, somewhere in that 15, but <laughs> I can't even remember. 15 million subscribers. It, it, right now, if you go to the Unbox Therapy page, you will see 15,221,127 subscribers. The futuristic version of YouTube will just display that as 15.2. Yeah, 15.2. And you won't see an update again until 
15.4, and so on and so forth, all the way up. If you get even higher than that, like PewDiePie status, and you get to 100 million, you're only going to see updates every million. Mm. So his, so hit, tra tracking his social blade, not going to be very eventful. And unsubscribing from him, also no longer a weapon. No one's going to see it right. if you unsubscribe. So it takes a bit of power away from the individual subscriber. Now, there has been criticism lodged at YouTube for this decision. They think it's going to create a, a healthier ecosystem in general. But people say, hey, by taking the power away from the subscriber, people feel less connected when they click the subscribe button, like they're going to belong to something because right. they don't see themselves represented in the actual number count on an individual basis. Mm -hmm. So they, so, so they're saying, uh, who's going to subscribe now? What's the point in subscribing? Well, interestingly enough, and we talked about this earlier, I think subscriptions in general are less of a way that people are interacting with YouTube. So I'm not sure how much YouTube cares about diminishing the power of a subscription because they want you on that home feed anyways. They want the robots to tell you what's up. Mm -hmm. They don't want you to pick. You want to pick what you watch? How dare you? What do you think this is? The robot is offended. Yeah, you think you know better? Yeah, the robot, exactly. The robot's offended. Okay, so anyhow, there have been criticism lodged from creators as well that say, hey, this isn't going to save me from my subscriber anxiety because I can still see the real figure and how terrible my channel's doing in the analytics. But I do think it matters. I, on my end, I think the public figure does matter. I think people take it especially hard when their channel is struggling and it's happening in public mm -hmm. and it's happening in a widely available way. And then particularly when people weaponize it in the form of a video if you scroll down there there's a few example thumbnails live sub sub count uh dropping uh, james charles live subscribe i mean we talked about this when it happened mm -hmm. that people turn into some kind of a game and on the other end of it is a human being and so it could be rough and i get it people signed up for it i get it i hear all the arguments on this particular front but I think this is a modernization. I understand where YouTube's coming from. And really, do we need to see each individual? Is that really what it's about? You know, you've had Instagram experimenting with getting rid of likes. How important is this in the ecosystem of the thing? Or are we just holding on to something? I don't want the number to go away completely. It is meaningful. It's, an, it, you know, I know speaking from experience, having built an amazing community, it is meaningful. But I think the upside here outweighs downside right. uh, it's unfortunate you're not going to be able to see the little ticker go up when it hits a particular figure oh i also feel bad for companies like social blade i guess right. because i don't know how they continue to exist in an environment where they can't for any channel the hottest channels are the biggest channels people love to look at the biggest channels on social blade but those are the ones that are going to update the least frequently because of the threshold that needs to be hit so social blades traffic you've got to believe is about to fall off a cliff when this thing takes place. But anyway, keep an eye out for it. It's going to happen soon. You're going to stop seeing those precise subscriber numbers. You're going to see the rounded figure instead. All right, last one for me. I don't know. You probably caught this, Will. I'm not sure. Uh, this guy, he posted this video, viral video, turning AirPods into 18-karat gold AirPods. Did, I want to know, did you see this video prior to me mentioning it? No. Oh, really? Oh, okay. This thing is uh, it's properly viral, I think. 100,000 thumbs up, 1.2 million views. I'm sure it's more in real time. This guy right here? This guy, Pablo uh, Sima Davila. 
or Chima de Vila. I don't know if that's Spanish or what it is. Anyway, uh, this guy fabricates things. I never saw his channel before this, which I'm amazed by because he has 2 million subscribers. Mm. He's doing these cool things over here. Mm. This, to me, looks like it's right up your alley, Will. He's got the... He's he's fabricating. He's a craftsman. Looks like ASMR. Yeah, it's got an element to it. I'll tell you what, but he does have some music, so it gets... Oh, okay. I don't know if he needs the music, to be honest. Look, your view count's already updated another 100,000 uh, views almost. So I'm telling you, he's got a thing going on. He deconstructs the AirPods, typical commercially available AirPods, and, and he puts together these... Uh, what we, what we, bespoke? Can I use that word in this? Uh, did I just... Was that just a casual bespoke that I threw in there? I hate, my, I hate myself right now. How dare I? But I feel like this is the exact meaning for it. Anyhow, uh, he, it's an amazing video. Yeah, I you just, gotta you, appreciate that. It's a cool, it's just a cool, like I just, I don't know. You, you know it when you bump into something cool. This is cool. What it takes to do this is probably beyond your expectations, the equipment, machinery. He does this, so he knows what to do. Like, it's not the first thing he's fabricated. If you check his channel, that's the whole deal with it. But he gets this gold. He polishes these things. He has to kind of weld it together, the two mm. pieces at a certain point, which I've never seen that process before. He does it with his bare hands The when he's welding the, the, the cap back mm. onto it. Uh, maybe maybe he'll showcase it here. Maybe he already did. I can't remember. Then he has to put the electronics back in. And they just look amazing when they're done. They look so cool. And the video is super detailed. It's 11 minutes long. He connects. He's active. Things are working. Uh, it's, a, it's an exciting video. It's a YouTube video. You know what I'm saying, Will? Mm. It's a real YouTube video. And I'm happy about that. So shout out, Pablo. You done did it. You done did it, my friend. And that's hard to do. It's a hard thing to do to done did it. <laughs> Good job. You see that? So 18 karat gold AirPods. I mean, it's look, at the end of the day, it's just gold AirPods. Mm -hmm. I can understand if you're like, what's, you know, it's gold AirPods. If it came from some giant company, you'd be like, so what? I don't. Right, right. But the guy showcases how it's done. That's the yeah, cool part. It's possible. Yeah, that's the cool know? part. He's one guy and he shows you what he put into it. It's the process is the beautiful thing. That's my favorite part. Bare hands. Look at this. What kind of a, what is he underneath there that it's just sparking up? What is, you see? Mm. And then he polishes it. Yeah. So there's no seam. It's a beautiful experience. Well done. Anyhow, uh, Willie, do what do you what do you want to share something? What do you want to do? Uh, tell us a story. <laughs> uh, 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 say some poetry. Sing us a song. We were talking about K-pop earlier. Uh, karaoke. Well, no, I have I have a quick video here. I think it might. Be cool. I think it might uh, overshadow karaoke. But will yeah. it overshadow? Can your video beat the 18 uh, karat gold AirPods? It is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. You're talking. So, you're talking. You're talking big time today. Yeah. You brought it today. And you might have seen this. I, I thought I you know. were snoozing over there. Uh, I, yeah. You could have been a little bit. But it turns out you're awake now. Mm -hmm. My goodness, I'm worried. I got a couple of words. All right, let's see it. Have you heard of Vanta Black? Yeah, of course. I already saw this video. How okay. dare you? It is you cool, did, though. It is cool. I should have shown it. It is very cool. So this is like a marketing campaign um, from BMW and I guess the people who make Vanta Black. But uh, should we talk about how Vanta Black 
like what it is. It's basically yeah. just a material that uh, it's a paint. It can be a paint. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a spray paint as yeah. well. Um, you like if you shine light on it, it's still black. It it's absorbs like blackest, all of it. It's the blackest material ever created. Vanta Black is a super black coating that holds the world record as the darkest man-made substance. It absorbs ninety-nine point nine six of its light. It's uh okay. So I watched not only the video you were just watching. But I also watched an actual, like, walk-around video mm. by an automotive guy right. who's just previewing the car. And the one they're showing off is the Vanta Black one. Right. And, he, and he's not allowed to touch the car mm. because it's a gritty kind of surface. It has a, a There's no shine to it, I no. would imagine. Right? It has a texture to it. It's like yeah. a sandy kind of texture almost. And it's necessary for it to have these absorbent properties it just looks really strange even on camera because it looks like there's like blackness i heard it's it like looks even the, the guy said it looks even weirder in real life he said it looks like a photoshop in real life it looks like you're looking yeah. at photoshop in real life like some sort of error or correction. oh i didn't see actually you know what i did not see them i did not see this video i saw yeah. a different one so bmw i should say is the one that made this um oh yeah the car is the new x6 by the, the way X6, as well yeah new series and it's a marketing campaign where they didn't want to show the body of the x6 so they paint they painted it vanta black genius to kind of show the curves of it but not the actual not to give it body. away so typically what they do in the automotive business they put camo a type of like weird camo on the outside of a car so that it, that you can't really see all the lines and details it's not fully exposed but this is way cooler than that. Yeah, it looks sick. That's a like, different type of camo. This? Imagine seeing that like on the highway or something. Now, the other reason that this was particularly good for this vehicle is because they just introduced this illuminated grill on the front of the car mm. also. And so it really pops against the absence of light in the Vanta Black. So the, the front grill has the lighting in it, not just the headlights. So you see right. the, the shapes really stand out. It's like a sil. You know what it's like? It's like a silhouette all the time. Yes, exactly. It's like a constant silhouette. Mm -hmm. It's so bizarre. You should definitely go check out this video as well. This Fanta Black stuff. It's unbelievable. Your eyes don't understand. It feels like a trick. It is not a trick. It's actually happening. Will see if you can quickly bring up the video with the guy who's walking around it. Uh, yeah, just give it a search and I'll tell you which thumbnail it is. Uh, is it this guy? That'll work. That'll work. I think I watched a different guy. They had a few different automotive journals. It doesn't look real. It looks like he's standing in front of a picture. Mm -hmm. And you, you, the guy goes and walks around it, and you start to really appreciate it's absolutely real. And they try to shine a light. At least the guy that I watch, he tries to shine a light on it it's just to try black. to show you what the texture is like, but it just swallows the light up. Mm -hmm. It's like a black hole. I'm not sure I would ever really want my car this color because you are going to get so much attention. Mm -hmm. You're going to get more attention with Vanta Black than bright yellow. Yeah, it might cause some accidents on the road. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, you might cause an accident because a person's just going to be tripping out yeah. looking at the thing. So it's incredible. Cool marketing campaign. Got Very us cool. talking. Got people talking. Did the job. New BMW X6. Vanta Black. You can cut it there, Kirk.